Hi, this is Pastor Brittany Isaac from Urban Village Church, Chicago. We are a church that is bold, inclusive, and relevant. I know that many of you out there are hungry for a gospel message of healing and wholeness, a message that leads to a life transformed by Christ. I hope that this podcast does just that. And if it does, would you please consider making a financial gift that will support this gospel-inclusive ministry? You can do that by going to urbanvillagechurch.org forward slash give. Thanks so much and have a blessed day. My name is Lynette, and I'll be reading scripture for today. Uh, the scripture will be from Acts 4, 23 through 31. The believers pray for boldness. After they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard it, they raised their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth, the sea and everything in them. It is you who said by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor David, your servant. Why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples imagine vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers have gathered together against the Lord and against the Messiah. For, the, for in this city, in fact, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, gather together against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed to do whatever, you, whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look at their threats and grant to your servants to speak your word with all boldness, while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of, of your holy servant, Jesus. When they had prayed, um, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and, the word, and, the, and, and spoke the word of God with boldness. This is the word of God. Hey, y'all. How are you this morning? Good morning. My name is Brittany, and uh, I'm the pastor here, and I'm so glad you guys are here today. Um, let us start today with, since we're talking about bold prayer, let's start with bold prayer, shall we? Uh, let us pray. Holy and gracious God, I thank you for the breath in our lungs, which reminds us that you are ever present with us. As we dive into your holy word, um, open our hearts and our minds and our ears and our eyes to see how you are working around us and to live boldly in that promise. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So a couple of months ago, many of you participated in a discipleship survey um, it looked a lot like a BuzzFeed quiz, but behind all the animal gifts and uh, pictures of pop culture icons were questions that allowed our director of discipleship, is she here? She must be out tending to the food, that allowed our director of discipleship, Erin uh, James Brown, the, the maker of the fabulous pumpkin bread, so you can try that on your way out. Oh, there's a, that gets a round of applause. That's great. Um, it allowed her to share with each of the site pastors where our sites are in terms of faith formation. 
So um, we found several important things. I think the most important thing we found um, that I'm going to share with you right now is that at this site, 36% of the people surveyed said that Oprah Winfrey was their spiritual advisor. Well, only 2% said Mindy Kalig, so... Yeah. Actually, that was just a warm-up question. We, it doesn't have anything to do with your faith formation. Um, did you guys know that? It was just a warm-up question. Uh, really, uh, what I found interesting is that actually 43% of you surveyed um, said that you wanted to focus more on reading and understanding Scripture. That made me so excited to read that because I'm not actually sure that we can ever fully understand Scripture. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm not sure that we can ever fully understand scripture, but we can um, at least dive in it and to ask God to open us up into what it might be saying and how we might live into it in our lives. And so I'm so thrilled that 43% of you are interested in that. And um, we will always offer really good Bible studies. I promise you that. And, and I invite you to participate in those. What I really want to talk about today is the second highest response um, and that's that 32% of you said you want to focus more on prayer. So about a third of this congregation wants to lean into the practice of prayer. And there's a lot to be said about prayer. I think at some point we're probably going to have a sermon series on prayer. Uh, but for today, we're just going to talk about bold faith and prayer. It's one sermon. I'm not going to answer all the questions, but some of them. So our sermon today is part, uh, you know, preaching and part experiential. Uh, yeah, exciting. So in your bulletin, you should have seen a piece of paper like this. I want to invite you to take that out, and I want you to think <coughs> about a prayer that is on your heart, something that you, um, it might be something that you have felt too timid to pray for, like maybe you're like, oh my gosh, God has all these problems, uh, this feels so little, I'm not even sure that I can pray it, or I don't know how to relate to God, so I haven't prayed this, but this is something I really hope for or long for. Um, it might be something you've been praying for for uh, months or years, um, but write down something that you are longing for. So I'm just going to throw out some examples. It could be a prayer for a sick family member or friend. It could be a prayer for a healing of a relationship. It could be a prayer for a sense of call or purpose in your life. It could be a prayer uh, for a peaceful transition of power in Zimbabwe. It could be a prayer for end of gun violence in um, our city of Chicago or our nation. Um, do you get what I'm saying? Any prayer, something that you are longing for. So I want you to write that down. And it, you don't have to put your name on it or anything. This is completely anonymous. But I want you to write it down. And while uh, in, in a few minutes, the ushers are going to come around and they're going to collect all your prayers. We're going to throw them all in. Um, and then they're going to go ch -ch -ch and you know, fluff them all up. And then we're going to pass it around again and everybody's going to grab one out. Okay? So um, just give, I'm going to define prayer and then maybe you guys can uh, collect at that point because we'll give people a chance to, to write. Um, so while you guys are writing, and let me just define prayer. Simply stated, prayer is communicating with God. It's both talking to God and listening to God. It's sharing our deepest heart's desire, our thoughts, our needs with God, and it's listening to God's deepest 
desire and thoughts and needs. Did you know God has needs? <laughs> Prayer is essentially the glue in the relationship between us and God. It is how we live in relationship with God. So there's lots of ways that you can pray, uh, lots of ways that you can commune with God. Does anybody have a practice of meditation? Yeah, so meditation uh, isn't just like a creation of psychotherapy. It is an ancient prayer practice, right? It is an ancient way that we can commune with God. Um, journaling, maybe writing out all of our thoughts and feelings, that is a form of prayer. <clears throat> Reading scripture and maybe holding on to a couple of words and meditating on those words, that is a form of prayer. Giving thanks at your meal for family and friends and the food present, that is prayer. Uh, examining, does anybody ever at the end of your day, as you're maybe falling asleep, you think about your day and maybe the good things that happened or the joys that happened and the hard things that happened? That's prayer. It's an a form of Ignatian prayer. Um, and then, of course, as we talked about sharing your needs or wants and desires on behalf of yourself or others, that is also a form of prayer. It's a, a petition is what we call it. So has everybody written something down? Okay, um, uh, we're going to start. Let's just do one basket. Or I guess you can fluff them all together, whatever you want to do. Um, so let's look at our scripture passage. Our scripture passage today ends with a petition to God. But in order to understand fully what's going on, I want to back up all the way to the beginning of the fourth chapter of Acts. Because we sort of, if you notice, it said when they were released... Uh, we're sort of uh, picking up in the middle of the story. So let's back up and look at the beginning of the story. Here's Peter and John, two of the apostles of Jesus, and they are in a temple in Jerusalem, and they are preaching all about Jesus. A man has been healed, um, and there's like 5,000, the scripture says 5,000 people. So I don't know, maybe that means 1,000. I don't know how their accounting went. But 5,000 people are gathered around listening to the stories about what Jesus has done in their life and how Jesus was raised from the dead. There are priests and Sadducees, which are sort of the religious leaders of the temple that are gathered there as well. And they don't know what to make of this. They're scared, they're um, maybe angry and, and a little bit reactive to, to not knowing how to um, interpret what's going on. So what they decide to do at the end of the day is they throw John and Peter in jail. <clears throat> the next morning, uh, the, these religious leaders all gather together in a council and they bring Peter and John there and they're trying to decide what are we going to do? What are we going to do with these people? They... Um, they're uh, trying to figure it out, and then Peter, full of the Holy Spirit, it says, stands boldly, and here's, this is kind of a paraphrase of what he says. Rulers and leaders of the people, if we have been brought to trial today for helping a sick man, put us under investigation regarding this healing. I'll be completely frank with you. We have nothing to hide. By the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you know that one that you killed on the cross, the one that God raised from the dead, by means of his name, this man stands before you healthy and whole. Well, the leaders, 
they didn't know what to do because here's the deal. They are the ones that are supposed to be teaching. They are the ones that are supposed to be preaching. And here is this uneducated fisherman named Peter who should have no right to stand in the temple. He's standing there full of confidence and boldness, telling them what to think, telling them what was happening. And so these leaders, these Sadducees and priests, finally were like, um, okay, fine. We're going to let you go because they know they, the people are on their side, so they can't really do anything, right? So they say, fine, we're going to let you go, but you need to stop talking about this guy, Jesus. To which John and Peter boldly reply, uh, we're listening to God and not to you, so yeah, we're going to keep preaching about Jesus. And the religious leaders, okay, so they continue in their threat, and they're like, N- uh, for real, Stop talking about Jesus. Um, And the apostles are like, and they go off, and that's where our scripture passage begins, after they were released, okay? So the first thing they do when they're released is they meet up with their other friends, the disciples of Jesus, the apostles, the ones who helped start the church. And the first thing they do together when they get into this community is they pray, they offer prayer. So let's look at that prayer. Um, this prayer that we're going to look at today offers one framework of how to pray. It is not the only framework, okay? I don't want to say that. There's lots of ways to pray, but it's one way that we can pray. And as we're looking at this prayer, now that they're collected, did you floof them up a little bit? Okay, so pass them all around, but can I go first? Because I, did you get the, did you get the AV people? Okay. I want, it's an inclusive prayer, right? I want everybody to, okay. okay. So let's look at this prayer. To begin with, the prayer invokes God's presence by saying who God is and what God has done. So who God is. Could you bring up the scripture passage? I forgot to ask you that earlier, I'm sorry. So who God is. The way that they address God is Sovereign Lord. That is who God is. God is sovereign in this prayer, okay? So we are going to compose a prayer. So you, how, how far, okay, we're getting close. So what we're going to do is you, when you get your prayer, this is a prayer that someone in this room has written, uh, you are going to address God in some sort of way, sovereign God, okay? We'll, we'll get more to that in a minute. Uh, so then what you're going to do is say who, what God has done. That's the next thing that this prayer says. What God has done is God has made the heavens and the whole earth, the sea and everything in them, right? So this is what God is. Um, so... Can you guys write down a prayer real quick and then pass it in the basket and then, yeah, because otherwise we're going to be too short. You get what I'm saying? Or somebody else write another prayer and pass it. I want everybody to have a prayer. Um, so, So first they say kind of what God has done generally, and then they go to scripture and they say what God has done. And, and what they do is if you look in... Um, the, 25th, the second half of the 25th verse, so if you can go to the next slide... It evokes like what God has done in scripture. God has moved through David. So if you think about this, 
in this time, there's only one book of scripture, what we call the Hebrew text, right? Um, the, what we call the Old Testament. And so they, they remind God of what God has already done in scripture. And in this particular passage, we see uh, the second half of verse 25 through 26 is actually part of, it is a direct quote from the second Psalm verses one and two. So if you guys don't have a Bible, or if you need a Bible, there's one out there. If it's on your phone, you can look at Psalm 1, or Psalm 2, verses 1 and 2, and it's a direct quote. So what they did is they said, who God is? God, you're sovereign. What, what have you done? You've made the heavens and the earth. And here's what you've done in Scripture. You, you worked with David, right? Then what they do, not only what you've done in Scripture, but then they name what God has already done for them in that present day, right? Um, God, you sent Jesus, the Messiah, to be caught up in this plot that led to Herod, led by Herod and Pontius Pilate, and you raised Jesus from the dead, right? So what, what God has done in their present day. So does that make sense? We're kind of moving through this prayer. Then we get to the final part of the prayer, which is to call on uh, God's presence by naming um, so I'm sorry, by, by naming the petition, what we want God to do. Okay, so that's the prayer that you have in your hand. Um, and we're going we're gonna, to, this is all going to come together in a minute, guys, guys. And then once we say the petition, comes the next thing, which is so that. So for them, they said, can you take care of all these threats against us so that we can continue to speak your word with boldness, right? Take care of all this stuff that's going on so that we can continue to speak your word with boldness because we already know that you are faithful and have done all these great things. I know it's sounding confusing, but here's what it is. Take care of us so that we can witness to you while you continue to offer healing and miracles to us all. Right. So this is a bold petition. It's one that expects God to answer, and God does. Not only, uh, not only does the earth tremble in that moment, but God continues to answer this prayer over and over again in the book of Acts. God takes care of the threats so that all the apostles in the early church can continue to witness to what God has done and, because, and then God continues to be faithful to it all. Okay, so this bold prayer expects an answer and God answers. My friend Jenny was recently, uh, she's a seminary friend of mine and she was recently in town for a conference on justice up at Garrett Evangelical Theological Seminary. And um, at one point, uh, Reverend Dr. Jennifer Brooks was um, presenting, and she decided to pray. And so she asked everybody for prayer petitions, and people shouted things out, and she had this beautiful prayer. And my friend Jenny said that she ended it this way, God, we pray all of these things, and we expect that you will answer. And my friend Jenny was reflecting with me after it, and she said, wow, I'm not sure if I always pray in a way where I expect God to answer. I'm not sure if I ever pray that boldly. God, we pray these things and we expect you 
to answer. That is a bold prayer. Now, I will say how God answers prayer is like a whole other sermon. Um, if you want to talk about that, uh, write it on your tear-off and I'll follow up or email me and we can grab coffee. That's a whole other thing. But do we pray expecting God to answer? So we're going to use this format for um, how to pray today. Could you throw that slide up on the screen? Awesome. So on the back of your paper, uh, let me move this out of the way so you can see. On the back of your paper, we're going to have offer bold prayers, and we're going to lift them up to God in a few moments, expecting that God will answer. Now, I doubt that the answer is going to be like a shaking of the ground that we're on, but you never know, you know. Um, but we will expect that God will answer our prayers. So look at your paper, and the first thing you want to do is think about how you want to address God. In our scriptures, it was sovereign God, right? Look at, so my paper says uh, purpose in life. So for me, I might start my prayer to say, um, God of yearning and calling. That might be how I start mine. You're going to probably start yours different. If maybe yours says uh, prayer for peace in the world, and, and you say, God um, of, of ever-present ever present God, you know. How, but think of a way that you want to address God in that first line. Okay, you got that? All right. Next... Uh, we want to just name something about what God has done. God of yearning and longing, you have known us and loved us before our birth. That might be what I say. You'll probably say something else because your prayer is not maybe a prayer for purpose. Then I want you to think about scripture. It could be anywhere in the, in the Bible. Think about a story of God and how God has met that need already. So I might say, so purpose in life, I might, I might remember um, Moses. God of yearning and longing, you have created us and known us. I actually could pull in Psalm right there knit us together in your womb. We, in, we remember in scripture when you have called Moses to great things. What, are, what, what is your story? And in my life or in others' lives, so now we're gonna give witness to not only what God has done in scripture, but what God has done in this world, Right? You called Moses and other prophets, and you continue to call people into positions of purpose and care in this world. And then this is the easy one. Please insert prayer request. Please help this person to find purpose in their life.
so that, for mine, I would say, so that all that they do might be a witness to the way that you work in this world. So that their life might be a witness to your healing presence in this world. So that they might find joy in that calling. You get the so that? And then this is how we name, we, we end it by naming because we know God that you have already, right? Because we know God that you are already working in their life. We know God that you have already placed something on their heart. And they will live into that, right? So have you guys written your prayer? Okay. Yeah, one minute. So what we're going to do while you guys finish up, and you're, you can finish up um, even while we're doing this activity, is uh, we're going we're gonna to share some of these prayers. Um, Because it's one thing for me to pray, and it's another thing to give that prayer to what we call the church, to share that prayer in this community, and to know that something is being lifted up on our behalf as this body of Christ that's gathered here. I've talked to a lot of you that have been severely hurt by the church. And may this time that we are entering in right now be what's good about the church. That we can be community for one another and care for one another and pray for one another. So, I'm going to give this opportunity for some folks to share their prayer. And when they finish reading it, first of all, you have to read it like you mean it. Bold prayer, right? That's what we're talking about today. Pray it with boldness. And then in the tradition of the church, we often say amen. Amen is so be it. It's a way for us to say, yes, may it be so. It's a way for us to boldly respond, okay? Sometimes we make amen like, amen. It's all demure. I want it to be like, so be it, God. This whole church agrees with this prayer. Okay? So who wants to offer their prayer? She's just going to run it around so you don't get the out with the student intern <laughs> saying her prayer. <laughs> who wants to offer a prayer? Yeah, Mike. Sovereign God, Heavenly Father, You have made us in your image. Heal us as we ask you to touch us with recovery and goodwill. You said ask and we will receive. Guide us in a way that brings the personal healing as examples to the world. Only you are the great physician. In Jesus' name we pray. So be it. So be it. Um, I'll go next. God of unification, 
You have created us all equal. We remember that you have broken down walls of division and brought us together in unity. Please help this person find peace and pain during this difficult time and that they can be healed and pass it on to others because we know you can. Amen. So be it. Loving Father God, you have changed minds, you have changed hearts, you have moved mountains. In scripture, you have changed the heart of Paul, Saul, and all of Nineveh. In my life, you've taught me constantly and helped me grow and change. In your name, I pray that you would help Donald Trump see the light and find you, so that his life will change and his influence will be good, bringing peace instead of strife, justice instead of oppression, because we know you are a God who delivers all of us from evil and from ourselves. Amen. So be it. So, come on, someone over here. Yep, there we go. I just wanted her to run. Not really. Um, holy God of peace, you have given hope and rebirth. In scripture, you tell us to give all our worries to you. In my life, you have given me strength and opportunity. Please help someone's mother, and may she get peace in her mind and be healthy so that you have a break and that they have a break from strife because we know you can calm those troubles. So be it. Lend that down here. Generous, welcoming, and loving God, you have called us wonderfully and beautifully made, um, created in your image. Um, in my life and in others' lives, you have clothed them in your warm, in your warm arms, fully accepting all of who they are. Please, God, I ask for your presence and for them to hear your distinct voice, calling them your own, um, calling them fully accepted. We know, because we know that your word calls um, us children of you. And so I want um, this person to truly claim that in your name that I pray. So be it. I think we have time for one or two more. first. God of peace and love, you have shown us the ultimate peace in the giving of your son, Jesus Christ. In scripture, you tell us, fear not, for I am with you. In my life, you have sat with me in fear and longing and brought peace when I thought it wasn't possible. Please provide our city the peace that you've given so many others so that our communities may know you better, because we know that no matter what violence surrounds us, peace can lie within us as long as we give you our hearts and our minds. So be it.
I'm waiting for one more. So, Johnny. We want it to record. Healing God, you have healed nations. In scriptures, we know you protected the persecuted. In my life, you have taught me empathy and protected me. Please help my friends and family be more empathetic to the LGBTQ community and LGBT Christians so that more people may be liberated to live our calling because we know that you want unity and healing. So be it. Friends, there's not one right way to pray. I offered this today as, as one way because I think sometimes we get so intimidated. Um, we feel uh, God's so big and we don't know what to say, right? This is one way. Will you take these prayers this week? Will you pray your prayer every day? Knowing that someone is doing the same for you on your behalf? Because I think when a community holds each other together like this, it brings transformation and healing for all. So we'll, can we do that this week? Let us end this time with prayer. Holy and gracious and ever-present God, you are everywhere, but sometimes it feels like you are nowhere. I ask that you give us boldness of faith today that the prayers we hold in our hands, the prayers left unspoken in our hearts might come out in words, might be a witness to the ways that you can transform us and each other all to bring about the coming of your kingdom. We pray this all in Jesus' holy name. Amen.